Welcome to the Propaganda Report. We are doing a live stream Ask Adam the Agorist for people who are interested in taking their own liberty into their own hands, share their experiences, see what Adam has to say about his experiences, how he got started. But this is absolutely meant to be a group thing, a community. So all your questions, put them in the chats. Uh, I'll put them up. If you if you can't seem to chat, make sure you're logged into YouTube. I'll put those comments up on the screen and then we'll address them. And but I, I just was hoping, first of all, Adam, love, thank you so much for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, maybe how we met and um, or why we met and uh, and then we'll get on with the show. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Monica. I really, really appreciate it. Um, my name is Adam. I do a podcast with my mother-in-law called Deborah Gets Red Pilled. And the premise is that um, I'm a, uh, you know, an agorist, um, kind of ANCAP, um, unhinged conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and she is started off the show as a statist, lifelong uh, believer in the mainstream media and the Democratic Party. And um, I just uh, decided to ruin the golden <laughs> years of her life by exposing her to the horrible truths of what the world is really like and uh, some conspiracy stuff and uh, liberty and freedom stuff. And, um, you know, it's You're... going really well. She's a 9-11 truther now. Oh, she, my gosh. No way. Yeah, she admitted on um, an episode two episodes ago that she doesn't believe in the democratic process anymore. Um, yeah, it's going good. Wow. She takes uh, she takes little steps back every once in a while, but um, she's grown leaps and bounds. Wow. So. so you violently ripped the scales from her eyes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I made it pretty uncomfortable. Hey, Brad. It's uh, been an uncomfortable journey, but I think that's the um, the draw to our podcast is it's not just two or three friends sitting in a room agreeing about conspiracies. It's someone um, getting exposed to some really uncomfortable stuff. And the amazing part is that she has an open mind about it. I don't think she realizes how strange that is for someone like her right. these days to actually like be able to sit down and listen and not just make like a loud screeching noise when she hears something that goes against um, what she's always <laughs> exactly. believed. So, yeah. That does make her really unusual, small minority to be able to do that. And yeah. so I, my hat's off to her. I've met her a couple of times. I really like her and she's a great sport, really good sport. Yeah. She loves you. So, Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, because she's you... really impressed by how oh. much, you know, so. Wow. That's super sweet. I really appreciate that. And, um, it's, it, uh, I'm pretty red pill. So for her, yeah. to, for her to like me, that's good. That's good. That means there's hope for her to go, go yeah. all the way. But for me, like an, another, Hey, did we say hello to Brad? How you doing, Brad? I'm good. How about you guys? Good. Thanks. We're just, setting the stage people are going to start asking questions but we're going to kind of lay out what we're talking about here and speaking of red pilling i uh i kind of had a series of red pills i was libertarian i gave up on any 
so then my next step was to give up on any hope for the state. So I was an anarcho-capitalist. But actually, at first, I just gave up hope in the state. And only then did I discover that that's OK, because society is self-ordering. And then I was fine with that. Then I realized that government is uh, theoretically impossible to, to have your interest aligned because you look at government as they, what they sell you is security. So what they need you to feel is insecurity. So I thought theoretically it is not possible to have a government that actually represents you if it's coercive, monopolistic and it sells security. So theoretically, I was like, it has to devolve into a pathocracy. And only after that, only after I had a radio show and everything to talk about that kind of thing, did I realize that it had already happened and it was it was the 9-11 thing, although for me, it was the Boston Marathon bombing. And I realized, oh, my gosh, they literally hurt us so that we feel insecure and continue to give them all our money and power. Like it's ha it's already happened by the time I realized it was theoretically inevitable. It had already happened. And then when they completely shut out <clears throat> Ron Paul, our kind of only hope uh, for uh, restoring people's uh, interest in or belief in the possibility of self-limiting government, then that he was totally ignored by the media and we got Trump instead. And and as people just like the R next to his name, like that he was mean to people they don't like, they stopped caring. They stopped for me. So I was interacting with people calling my show. They they stopped defending the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And I realized once that what I was doing was I was trying to fight the battle within the framework of the oppressors. Like it is the pathocracy. I know it can't work. And yet I still get out there and say, vote for Ron Paul or defend the Bill of Rights. And I realize now, especially in the COVID times, that that even it's even the fact that it's a representative mob rule thing is a, an illusion. There's no power whatsoever. They do not take their uh, no power to the people. They don't take the limits prescribed by the laws or the constitution seriously. And if I want freedom, I'm going to have to take it. I am, if I'm an autonomous, independent individual, I am going to have to simply assert that. And that's when I, somebody, I think it was PQ turned me on to Konkin. So then I start, and then the more I learned about him, the more I realized that he saw all this, like he thought voting was wrong. <laughs> like It was promoting the state. It was validating the state, which I agree with. And that you should, you should engage in gray markets and try not to pay taxes um, because it's morally wrong to support that. And I had thought that too. I wondered if being to having a tax revolt was like a moral imperative, but I'm a very busy person. I structured my entire life around this framework that is now I see crumbling around me. But I want to understand a little better from you the theory about behind agorism and also how you live it and maybe how people like us can start to get our minds and our lives around it. Yeah, so um, I'd be happy to do that with you guys. I um, just want to do a disclaimer at first. You know, uh, I I still pay taxes. I have a bank account. I buy stuff off of Amazon. Um, so there's people that are living this like way more seriously than me. But um, 
I think I'm a good kind of entry level into what you can do um, outside the confines of what the state, you know, enforces on us. And, um, you know, I'm kind of doing that here in my own little, my own little corner of, uh, of the world. So, um, yeah, where do you want me to start? Just, uh, where you're muted, Monica. (laughs) Sorry. How would you define agorism? I think agorism, you know, as defined by Konkin was just like, I'll do, I'll say what Konkin said and kind of what I think is that it's starving the state through operating without paying taxes on stuff. And um, I think a good, a good place to start is just figuring out, um, you know, what you're comfortable doing and, Um, he talked a lot about risk reward. So like if you can do something where the penalty is $20, but you can make $5,000 doing it, you know, that's a pretty good, a pretty good payoff right there. But say you wanted to like sell somebody illegal unregistered guns, you know, what's your profit margin on that? A couple hundred bucks or federal prison. So that's like not the best, but you got to weigh that out and figure it out for yourself. And, um, you know, uh, there's tons of stuff that's just super easy to do. That's considered gray market that, that you'll never get in trouble for. And it all comes down to where you live, what your city's like, what your neighbors are like, you know, and what you're comfortable doing. So, you know, like say you lived in Portland, Oregon, you're allowed to have three chickens in your yard. You have to register them. (laughs) (laughs) If you You have have to ship them. I I don't think so, but if you have uh, five chickens in your yard, you know, you're probably going to be okay with that unless you got some really nosy neighbors. So um, I'm not (laughs) sure I live, I live right over the border from Portland, Oregon. um, And I had 17 chickens in my backyard at one point. So on an eighth of an acre. So um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I have a problem with authority from day one. So if there's something that I can do that I know is probably illegal, but not really that illegal, I'm, I'm going to push it as far as I can. Well, from my understanding is that, that Konkin said that it doesn't matter how much you do, like anything, you should do whatever you can and you can do that risk reward thing and that you can count yourself an agorist, even if you just like pay your landscaper off the books or something like yeah. I thought that was you I mean, know, kind of Craigslist, you know? Yeah. And there's lots of ways to do that. Of course, the less we have actual physical media medium of exchange the harder that's going to be to do. I think that's maybe the number one reason I think surveillance for tax reasons, surveillance for information reasons and um, control. Like these are the reasons they want to get all transactions to be digital, I think. But you know what I mean? Like I've always thought that I, if I want to pay my babysitter off the books, that's not a big deal unless there's no cash anymore. And then you have to do it digitally. And the better they get at processing information that you'll you'll not be able to get away with venmoing somebody anything every every venmo is going to have a category a tax right. classification what about barter in those situations yeah, barter. barter would come in yeah, yeah barter, but then 
that's a that gets it more you know it's like i can do a little agorism because i can pay somebody off the books but i to give my babysitter a bag of lemons is gonna be harder <laughs> yeah um yeah and then there's crypto too but we'll see how long that's gonna last for yeah so. i mean right so if that it, I mean, I feel I've always felt that that was a stepping stone towards the cashless society, that that was going to be the entree to the digi dollar. I think um, I don't know. I have I'm not I have I have crypto um, and, you know, full disclosure, I have a bunch of it on the books in a in a Celsius account, which is like a, you know, a a bank account for crypto or that gains interest. I have other stuff, too. I have Monero. That's that's not. And um, I just I think that I don't know what I do you think that the government is going to start issuing crypto, their own crypto that's that's tracked. I think so. I mean, I these guys in the chat are talking about a video somebody sent me and I've got to, I was as soon as I rarely like I'm like, I have to watch that video immediately. But this morning, I was like, I have to watch that video immediately. And I didn't have time I'm going to do it this evening. But it's it's like the IMF's plan to kind of migrate everybody into the government digital currency. Yeah. Um. yeah. So I I do think that's where they're going. And I actually read in a blog post on the IMF website uh, last year sometime that the idea, the intention is to to create a digital currency that has an exchange rate with dollars. So the digi dollar yeah. is worth a greenback in January, but in December, a digi, a greenback will only be able to buy 90 cents of a digi dollar. Yeah. So it's just subject to inflation, the dollar inflation, right? Well, like just in order to eventually like your greenbacks will be worth nothing. That's what it's for. It's not, it's the exchange rate is what's important about it. Okay. That's kind of like what they did that in India, right? They told everybody had to go turn all their cash in. Oh, did they do that already? Because I know in Sweden, I, I have yeah, a friend. Yeah, a couple of years ago it happened. In Sweden. And what was crazy is and I knew I was friends with Germans and Swedish people. So I, I happened to know like they would come over here and they would say, man, you guys with your credit cards and like you just don't use cash. Like it's so weird. We don't trust credit cards. They're unsafe and secure. So I knew there was a real resistance towards credit cards. And so when my friend, I um, sent her a present, like a check. She was just graduating from college. I sent her some money and she said, I cannot cash the check. And she was, I was like, what? She says, we, they just won't do cash anymore. It's like the craziest thing. They, they, it's a hard time for me even to deposit this check. Like, I don't, I don't know the details of it, but it was a problem. And I said, how is your father dealing with that? Like he only would use cash. He's like, he had to just change. He doesn't like it, but he had to change. And so I think that they, they've been pushing that down from above for sure. I didn't, I didn't, I heard they were doing something like that in India, but I didn't know what. And then I think that it was in one of these, wasn't it in one of the early COVID relief packages to have to actually introduce Fed kind of digi dollar yeah. accounts? And it was just like a trial balloon, but it's coming, you know? Yeah. Well, like we got our last, my wife and I got a, a $1,200 stimulus card. You know, they sent, they didn't send us a check. Oh, right. they, sent, they sent us an ATM card or yeah, like, a, like, an, like a gift yeah. card type deal. And so that's you all get track. that. I think they said that if, if, 
I think if you sign up, maybe you even get it faster if you like give them your bank account number and let them direct deposit. Yeah, I think if you have like your bank account on file with the IRS for like your tax return, then you, then it would get put into your account. And yeah. if you don't, the first one, the, the Trump bucks, we got to check this last one. We yeah, got the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Card. Did I tell you uh, about the time <clears throat> that it was just last year? I didn't realize this, but at some point we gave we wrote a check. OK, so this is like the year before we wrote a check to the IRS for our taxes at the end of the year. And they recorded our account information. And oh, without your consent. <laughs> yes. And the next year when we filed our taxes, we wrote them a check and sent it to them. And in the meanwhile, they took the money directly out of our bank account and then also cash that check. So our uh, che- other checks started bouncing because they took twice as much. And it took us, I think, months to get the money back. And we yeah, needed that's it. Me too. Same Jeez. thing. They took it. They took, they took everything I had years ago. They took all the money I had out of my bank account, which wasn't much, but they took all of it and it was a mistake. They ended up having to give it back. But I, I went to the go use the bank and I was shocked because everything was gone. Yeah, it's they do that. <laughs> I'm sure they were really concerned about what you guys did in the meantime with without any money, too, huh? Yeah, they yeah. don't care at did, all. Did they have to pay? Did they have to pay a, a interest penalty like we do? If, if we no mess yeah. up? no yeah. penalty. No, for them, none, yeah. Nothing for them. huh? Oh, fine. So, yeah. So do you actually transact in Bitcoin or do you transact in, in crypto? What crypto do you transact in? Um, I have, um, you know, I have the, the two big ones. I have Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then I have um, a little bit of Monero, too. Um, Bitcoin is is Bitcoin sucks. It was designed to be a currency, you know, but it's not. It can't it's, be. It, and it's 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 got really high transaction rates and it takes, you know, hours sometimes to, to process. So, um, it's a, it's a shitty, shitty one to try to spend. Um, do you, you but you own it? Yeah. You own own some Bitcoin. Why? Because it, um, it goes up in value. Yeah. So, um, why does it go up in value? Do you think it's at $55,000 right now? It what was, do yeah. you think? It was thirty-eight hundred bucks in March. Why do you think it goes up in value? Like if it was thirty-eight hundred dollars and now it's fifty-five thousand, right? Mm-hmm. So it's up fifteen times, let's say roughly. Is is that sustainable? What was the difference? Why is the value perceived? What? Where does the perceived actual quantified value come from in your mind? Like why do you hold it? Hold on to it. Um, Momentum. I mean, I'm holding on to it for for the future, you know, but um, I think the in my mind, I'd like to think that it's, that it's a hedge against the dollar. So I think. But that's because it will be used as money or always considered a store of value. I think for me, it's a store of value. Right. But that's because of acceptance and scarcity. Correct. Um, it's not, you know, where I live. I know there's places where where it is a lot more accepted, but still it's like. So- I just wonder how. It's valued. I heard John Snelson say, like, he thinks it'll stabilize at 200,000 a coin. And I was looking and I, I did this analysis. I was telling people last night that if all the money in the world, say there's $80 trillion right now, that's just one number that gets thrown around. If that were all converted to gold, gold would be $10,000 an ounce. Mm-hmm. If that were all converted to Bitcoin, Bitcoin would be $4 million a coin. 
Yeah. So I don't think it's going to go to four million dollars. Right. But Snelson thinks it's going to go to two hundred thousand unstabilized. But why? Like, how do you how do you put a target on that? I just don't understand how to value it at all. I don't either. I don't read. Yeah, I'm not okay. like a, I'm not a trader. I can't read the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know. I wonder if anybody has an answer to that question. I've never heard anybody answer. I'm that sure question. there's some smart guys out there that have their yeah. theories and stuff. But yeah, I'll have to keep um, going. But you do transact in some crypto, just peer to peer. You know, not at like any businesses or anything like that. Right, and it's but it's not pieces of Bitcoin. It's P- Ethereum. Um or Monero. Right. Monero is a good a good one to spend. A transaction. It's got a it's a really low transaction fee and it's fast. So um and then Monero Monero is like what people that don't know about Bitcoin that think Bitcoin is that's what Monero is. Monero is like the oh privacy, right the privacy got one. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So uh so what is on the ground practical. Uh, agorism for you. So uh, you're, or let, I, I, I wanted to know one before we get to that, actually, what made you kind of embrace this? Um, you know, I, uh, I haven't been, been awake for that long. You know, I was, uh, I was a heavy drinker for a long time and I, I stopped. And then after a few years, I kind of like started waking up to what was, um, going on around the world and leading up to the 2016 election i was like a big bernie guy and i started seeing all that all the shenanigans with like the the super delegates and all that stuff and just waking up to what a load of bullshit it was (laughs) and um you know i was just like a basic bro kind of guy and i one day you know i listened to joe rogan which is embarrassing (laughs) but wow like um i heard um dave smith do you know who he is yeah yeah i've been on his show how cool is that i uh, okay i've I've definitely heard it then um so i heard him on joe rogan and uh he made more sense than anybody i'd ever listened to politically um you know i was always kind of like a liberal guy but like leaned right and kind of felt like you know everybody needs to take personal responsibility for themselves and um started listening to his podcast and uh started going down the road of of libertarianism to just kind of trying to figure it out and um learning about anarchy and um capitalism and the mix of the two and um like I said I'm not a huge reader of like that kind of stuff. There's other stuff. I, I read a lot, but there's, I'd rather read about like deep underground military bases and, and yes. Atlantis and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I do too. I find myself reading stuff that satisfies me in those kind of ways, but it's just not forwarding my ability to spread the word or anything. It's just, yeah. So like, yeah, so I, I was an anarchist, but I never really felt comfortable calling myself an, an ANCAP just because I didn't, feel like I could like debate somebody um, about it and like look good. So um, I'm good at using my hands. I do construction for a living. And um, when I started hearing about Konkin and Agorism, I read New Libertarian Manifesto. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just, I'd rather instead of like debate somebody about the non-aggression principle and what it entails, if it, if, if a meme can be considered aggression, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather like, I'd rather go in my, uh, 
backyard and build raised beds for a garden and and, and harvest would, eggs and stuff like that. So you know the uh, Friends Against Government guys. I think they are Timeline Earth now. Yeah, those maybe. guys are. Yeah, those guys are good. I listened to the new episode last night. It's pretty. Yeah, funny. They're, Pete, they're, Pete was on it. There's a lot. Oh, Pete was on it. Yeah, and Pete Picadiones is like is I think um, Dave Smith brought me to the to the theories and all this stuff about anarcho-capitalism. And then um, Picanones got kind of sour on that like a week, a year or two ago and like started talking a lot more about agorism. So um, yeah, you are talking about a, it. a very natural progression. So like the Dave Smith thing, <clears throat> it's, it, it's like the red pill of libertarianism. Then PQ is a little more intense. So I used to tell people, Oh, listen, they're like, what's a good libertarian podcast for a newbie. I was like, oh, PQ, and people were like, mm, mm. he's a little yeah. harsh. He's a yeah. little harsh, a little scary. I'm like, oh, he, really? Like, for a guy, he's he's scared. a good guy for someone like me, though. That yeah, me like too. A me bit too. Of an edge, so. I don't even hear it, you know. But and then the uh, the timeline Earth guys, it's like all inside jokes. So like, you got to really, yeah. you got to work your way into that. But I heard them say once that uh, the non aggressive uh, non aggression principle is bullshit. And I yeah, was I like, don't really agree with it like, anymore. Anyway, I was like, so. wow. You're right, because because people that wear masks in public deserve to be beaten. <laughs> no, that's not why. Because, Scolded at least. Well, I mean, because you have to you have to keep redefining aggression because. So what are the people? So you have to define aggression as if the government is not obeying the Constitution. Yeah. You need to overthrow it. And then then you're just saying all government is aggression, which it is. I totally, totally think so. But then then the nap is always pregnant with revolution, which is definitely what all course of monopoly governments are. But then does is it really meaningful? Yeah. I mean, I like it, too. As far as it goes, it's kind of like Newtonian physics. You know, it totally works most of the time. But the challenge with the non-aggression principle is that the governments exploit it. They do these provocations to where they get they bird dog. They stick their face in other people's faces and they poke them and poke them and poke them until the other country punches first. And then they say, well, they hit us first. So we got to go to war with them when the plan was to go to war with them all, all along. Yeah, that's the old Antifa trick. <laughs> Is yeah. are you do you have the right mic there turned on, Binkley? It's a little hard to understand what you're saying. I do. Is it can you okay. not hear me? I can hear it, but it's like choppy. It's all right. That's fine. Um, I just didn't uh I was just thinking if you could double check, but if it is, it is. So so okay. Um I wanted to, okay, so that's how you kind of moved into that direction ideologically, but you had to start taking action. Like what would your first kind of, uh, how would you define your, or when you, your, the first thing you did that you thought this is agorism in action, or was it only after the fact, like, okay, I paid my landscaper and cashed in it. Um, I'm the landscaper. So I guess, um, I moved, I moved to, um, I moved into my house and the backyard was an overgrown mess. And I just, you know, I started chopping down gigantic 30 foot tall laurel trees in my backyard. Um, I didn't ask if it was okay. I built a roof over my deck. That's not, <laughs> right. that's not right. Um, I <laughs> that's guess, great. 
um, when I did that kind of stuff, I wasn't really thinking about it, about it as a revolutionary act or as an agorism. It was just something that needed to be done that I didn't think I needed to disclose to the government. But um, I think I really started paying attention to it when we started producing um, food in the backyard. And, um, you know, last summer we, we, I, I finally got the backyard into a good enough spot and built a, we, we had an amazing garden. We got to figure out how to stagger it so that we have enough so we can have food for the whole year because we had like all the food produced at once and we didn't like, you know, take the proper precautions to, have food for the rest of the year from what we grew in the summer. But um, we had some pretty, we were eating like three enormous salads a day just because we had so much. And um, yeah. And then just getting, uh, getting chickens and um, harvesting their eggs, selling the, selling the overflow for cash. And then um, I think the, the most recent thing that I did that when I really paid attention to it was I, I went out and I got 10, meat chickens, which is like, I don't think in any way legal to do in my backyard. I, uh, you know, two weekends ago, I, I butchered them and dude, right was the, that right in the backyard and processed how, them on my deck. I mean, how natural was that for you to do? Uh, the first one was a little weird and it's a little bit scary how easy it was by the 10th one. Wow. Well, did yeah. it feel like you might cut your fingers off? Was it at all intimidating mechanically? I'm pretty, I'm pretty handy. So you're pretty handy. Okay. Yeah. How about rabbits? Are you ready to kill rabbits? Um I'm I want to. I don't know if my backyard <laughs> will sustain it. I don't want to I don't I thought about it. Like there they'll be definitely harder to to dispatch a rabbit than a chicken for me. But I yes. can do it. I can do it if I have the the proper uh, area. And like, if you can mix, if you can mix rabbits with your chickens, like if you can have rabbit cages above the dirt in your chicken coop, like because chickens don't pee, they just shit. And then really, Adam, we that. put a, um. Oh, cool. Somebody lives near me. Um, but um, yeah, so like I've watched all these Joel Salatin videos where he mixes like he has rabbits above the dirt and the chicken coop and then the rabbits pee down and the, and then the chickens like mix it up and the something to do with the chemicals and the urine. And, um, you know, it makes it it makes the dirt like way, way better. And then you can move that dirt into your garden and do all that. And, you know, it's just a big circle. Chickens don't pee. No. It's in their poop. They have like wet. Yeah, that's all they got. It's interesting. Yeah, we uh, ferment their feed, so they take more. It's more solid. So, so, so you basically you can use their poop is not like too acidic or anything. It can go right into the soil that you use to grow stuff. Yeah, chicken manure is like really, really good for for growing stuff. So, we went out and got a bunch of wood chips, filled up the chicken coop you know, before it started raining hard here um, in the fall. And um, hopefully by springtime, we'll be able to go back there with shovels and a wheelbarrow and dig up all that dirt that's been, that they've been pooping in and scratching at for, for, you know, six months. And we'll turn that into the dirt that we'll plant our garden with in the spring. What do you put in your garden? 
Um, last year we had like 12 different kinds of greens. We had cucumbers, we had cabbage, um, we had peas. Um, I think this year we're going to do some blue, we're going to plant blueberry bushes. Um, yeah, whatever. I just go, go ahead. What do you think of, uh, if you, of the food that you, is there any food you absolutely need to have that you feel you cannot, how much land do you have? A half an acre, an acre, 10 acres? I got an eighth of an acre. I got a normal you backyard. You have an eighth of an acre. That's yeah. like a city. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a pretty good sized backyard for like, I came from the Bay Area. It'd be a really awesome yeah, backyard yeah, if, I lived, if I lived in Oakland yeah. or San Francisco. It's wow. A, but here it's it's an it's one of the bigger ones on the block, but it's a normal normal backyard. So you live close to other people as well. Yeah, I'm surrounded. So you really have to choose where where you live. We're depending lucky, on you know, how much. Um right. yeah. My town's called Milwaukee, Oregon. It's right across the border from Portland. It's uh just kind of like an extension of southeast Portland, but it's it's uh it's changing a little bit. I've been here for a couple of years, um, but it's, you know, it's traditionally just like a working class, um, working class neighborhood or, or suburb, kind of urban or suburban, um, rural, more rural suburb. But um, yeah. it's a whole it's in a different county than Portland. So that makes a big difference as well. Yes. For tax, tax reasons and stuff like that. And then just people here are pretty much. I think uh, mind their own business. Our neighbors have chickens. Our other neighbors on the other side don't care. And then, you know, we got fences. Yeah, I was always worried about the homeowners association stuff. So you guys don't have any obstacles that. No way. Great. Never. I'll never do that. How about the local gun laws? Um, Oregon, you know. As if you want to like, I don't, I've, I'm a member of the NRA. I have to be because I belong to a gun club that requires it. I'm not excited about it. How about the but, gun owners of America? They don't accept that. No, you have to be an NRA member. Wow. That is, that is really interesting. Yeah. But, um, you know, they do their like grades for every state every year. And, yeah. you know, Oregon's usually like a B, um, it's okay. it's better than you know. I came from California, where, mm-hmm. where you're not allowed to have anything, yeah. and uh, up here there's you know there's no waiting period. There's it's not constitutional carry, but it's super easy to get a um, concealed carry license. Um, not right, to, yeah, God, keep going, please. Um, right now, if you go, I, I mean, people are everybody's doing it. So if you go now, um, it takes a it takes a couple months to get an appointment. You you have to take a like a four hour class. It's a Saturday. It's super easy. Shouldn't have to do it, but you do. Um, and then you have to make an appointment with the sheriff's department and you can do it in whatever County you want. It doesn't have to be the County that you live in. I live in a place called Clackamas County. It's like easier to do than Multnomah County, which is where Portland is. Um, but you have to wait like three or four months now cause they're so backed up to get an appointment to actually just go in and get the card. In Portland itself, when all this stuff was happening, I got the feeling that people were not empowered to defend their own property. Was that did I get that wrong? Like, I just I felt like in Portland that that things couldn't have gotten that wild if people were were felt like they needed to defend the four corners of their business or their home. Or was it is that why all the stuff was happening on public property? I think I think um, I don't think there's like really strong castle laws here. I think you'd probably 
Right. Okay. Your yeah, life watch would it. be pretty fucked up if you if you got it. Yeah, yeah. Did Took that. My but I, I mean, I mean, when people like if if that happened, if a lot of the stuff that is allowed to go on in Portland kind of came out to the suburbs here, I think it'd be a whole different outcome. Um, you know, like right. there's a lot of I think a lot of gun ownership out here by where I live. Um, you know, there's a lot of diesel trucks and yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the people that like that had their houses that were like confronted at their houses and stuff are kind of like the people that would also condone that behavior. So, you know, you kind of get what you reap what you sow in that that respect. That's what I was thinking. But to get back to what you produce yourself, if you've got, I I got turned on to this ancestral eating chick, Nora Gedgaudis from Hireside Chats. I bet that's something that you like too. Yeah, I love THC. I pay for their... Me too. The me too. Time or I love whatever. it. Yeah. So uh, she, her thing, it's basically like pasture raised animals, a lot of organ meat, vegetables, spices, coconut milk, healthy fats, all that stuff. There's like is no. It just, is it paleo or is it keto? It's not or? quite paleo, she says, because for her, it's basically if you were to make a macronutrient chart it would be 50 car for me you know my weight 50 carbs a day 50 yeah. grams of protein a day only 50 grams of protein a day and then okay. the rest is the healthy fat so that might be keto and then she also emphasizes kind of the micronutrients that you get from the the foods that you choose wisely which uh, she really loves organ meats and very richly colored vegetables stuff like that so that's it's actually pretty simple. And yeah. because now I don't eat cereal grains at all, I don't eat processed food at all, I don't eat dairy at all, I or almost at all, but um I eat a lot of nuts. But I'm just saying she that that eliminates almost all of the processed foods that I used to buy at the store. And I'm just wondering if with just the little that you could do with your piece of land or slightly larger, you know, maybe that amount for however many people. Uh, what do you, what do you feel like you have to buy from a store nutritionally? Um, well, we bought, we bought half a cow from a local rancher. So that's not really the store, but I, I got two. Yeah. that I, that's definitely a different, it's not the store for sure. Not, it's not your backyard, but yeah. you know, it depends on how um, big your backyard is. You know, we, we eat cheese and dairy and, and I get half and half for the coffee and stuff like that. Um, coffee, coffee, um, you know, we're definitely not fully self-sufficient. We could, we could be. Yeah, but we, you could be. That's what I'm we, trying to get at. Like, what, like what I have in the garage and what I can grow in my yard, I could be. Yeah. And I, yeah. and between chickens, I eat a ton of eggs, like I eat eggs, you know, yeah, the more like you learn about this nutrition. So what she does, she has you make bone broth, but you put chicken's feet in it and it it's like gelatin, but it is so good for your joints. Like I used to take osteoflex and stuff and I don't, I don't have to take it anymore at all. Like I'd read that about that. That's what you give a dog with arthritis. I was yeah. like, well, if it's good enough for my dog and I, I have look, had no problems. since. I should look into how to do that because I got a Ziploc bag in the freezer full of 20 chicken feet. So, dude, I love chicken <laughs> feet. It's so I go to Whole Foods, the only place you can get them. I pretty really? much kids are just like, what? 
the hell is that? I'm like, chicken soup is like, are we supposed to eat that? I'm like, no, I'm going to boil it until it's liquid. Do you, like, you do what? it? You're drinking. You've, you've done it, I drink Monica? It. Oh, yeah, I do it all the time. It's fantastic. What's, it's so can, easy. How is it? What's the process? All you do is you take uh, chicken. She always says it has to be organic, whatever. Take your chicken carcass, put it in a big pot uh, with a dozen chicken's feet, and okay. then um, like two lemons cut in half, and just some herbs and spices that you want a little bit of she likes some kind of natural salts i don't know and then you boil it for six hours on really really low okay and then you strain it and i stupidly peeled the fat off the top she would not approve of that she loves chicken fat yeah so i stupidly did that and then i just put it in two extra extra large mason jars not all the way filled up one i put in the freezer and the other i put in the fridge and i eat it for breakfast you just drink it? I, I drink it. And she also has like this primal chili recipe that's like oh, wow. grass fed beef and like a couple of cans of organic tomatoes, basically. And you put some of that broth in, you cook it up. And then so I have this big thing of chili. So literally in the morning, I have a like a cup and a half of the broth and a scoop of the chili in it. And I cut up like some kale. It's my kids really can't even have breakfast with me anymore because it's so <laughs> crazy for them. Yeah. But I love, like it tasted a little earthy at first. I'm going to tell you honestly, but yeah. now I love it. Cause I just feel like, you know, Popeye, you know, like I, I eat, I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to whatever, like go exercise for an hour. It yeah. Really, that's awesome. Yeah. But it's also part of it is that her diet is completely anti-inflammatory, I guess. So, like things yeah. that were making things worse aren't there at all. And then so who knows? Like when you do something all at once, you can't be 100 percent sure. But I love that. That broth that's like chicken jello. It is the grossest looking thing you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. But, you know, it's like the junkie falls in love with the needle. Like I'm into it. I'm like, oh, look at how look at how solid it is. Have the kids tried it? They would not like it. It really does. I think it's because the lemons, like you boil lemons for six hours. It got like a tangy aftertaste. But when you put it in the microwave, it's liquid again. So it's not it doesn't look weird or anything. And if I turned it into chicken noodle soup, they would yeah. like it. And they wouldn't know that it used to be Jello. That's what I should do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I gotta idea. do that. It's, yeah, it's uh, great. I'll, I'll take a picture of the recipe and I'll send it to you. Okay, I'd love that. That wouldn't yeah. violate her sense of personal property. That's so awesome that you got um, Ice Age Farmer on too. He's really good. I, yeah. uh, I, I, I'd heard him on Higher Side Chats also, and then I heard yes. you guys get him. Yeah, I, people I re- recommended him to me. I try not to rip I off. I think he knows the stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. he's totally slammed. Probably right now. I reached out to him, but didn't hear back. So you see, it took me a long time to hear back, and I had to kind of actually. What I did was, Greg Carlwood of THC had put out the word that he was willing to be a guest. So oh, whenever okay. people will alert me to that, so I got Greg on the show, and then I have to admit I sent that show to ice age farmer and that's what yeah. he answered maybe i'll so send him maybe he's I'll very busy this show do you think he's right oh that's a great idea <laughs> do you think he's right about um about the solar minimum stuff because he was saying like it's hard to judge when it's happening when it's really going to happen and i just and and he also thinks that part of what the powers that be are doing is a reflection of their knowledge of that which i almost feel like it's attributing to them some kind of sense of wanting to preserve the earth or at least our functioning in it and i just don't even think that they're that that um 
like rational or orderly, like good in their okay. motives. Um, so what's he's saying that the grand solar minimum is lowering is going to lower temperatures in the upcoming years, correct? Yeah. He and says then, that there's a grand solar, like every 100 years or whatever, like it goes up and down based on solar activity, totally overwhelms anything we could do on Earth. Okay. And so they expect food production on Earth to take a nosedive at some point, very varied what the time frame is, but they are waiting for that and that they feel like converting everybody to vegetables and bugs yeah that's why we're going to be eating cockroaches and fake meat and stuff like that like lab grown meat and all that stuff i mean bill gates has been promoting yeah it seems like they've been pushing it pretty hard i don't know what the deal is with it um with the grand solar minimum but yeah but you don't notice i was just wondering since you do try to work outside and you 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 know i don't know how many years have you been doing like when was your first garden 20 years ago or five years ago okay last summer all right so you don't have experience like we moved to oregon in the summer of 18 before that i lived in studios and one bedrooms in oakland and san francisco so to you oh that's funny yeah because i always like cop out and say i'm a city girl but so there is hope then is is what you're saying monica i hear what you talk you say oh i'm from brooklyn i can't do it i don't buy it you can <laughs> you can totally do it all right all right i guess that's done that's do you I, have a backyard in la i do i rent you know but it is a house with a backyard and it does have a little plot that my husband likes to grow peppers so hot that you can't get them in california which nobody else will eat so i think i might have to see that's something i wanted to ask you is your wife fully on board with this like if do do you have to i mean it's one thing i turned her yeah how (laughs) how'd you turn her how jimmy door really yeah she was you know she's apolitical you know, she went to, she's a good deal younger than me. She's eight years younger. I'm 41. So she, uh, she's kind of from a different um, generation. I'm more, I was like, kind of like the last kids that grew up in the eighties, you know, where I was just kind of like, let to go do be a, be a yeah, boy, let's keep you know? Yes. Yeah, I was. You know, I, I used to I used to stick my hand in the mail slot and unlock yeah. the door. That's how I got it's in. like cliche. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she, you know, she went to um she went to one of the Claremont colleges down by you and uh you know, it was just um a, you know, typical liberal arts school, apolitical liberal, you know, and um I took her to see Jimmy Dore at a local theater up here and she left just so confused. She's like, "That guy So that guy is a liberal?" Yeah but he hates Barack Obama and was just like, <laughs> couldn't believe it. And, um, that's the know, moment. Through, um, I started, I went to, um, a freedom cells meetup in the park last summer. And that was the first one I went to. It was really weird and way out of my comfort zone. And she tagged along with me just cause she was, I don't know, confused. And, um, you know, she's made some really good girlfriends in that whole group. And um, she always gets mad at me because when I've been on a few different podcasts talking about chickens and uh, she's for the egg chickens, she's done way over 50 percent of the stuff. You know, oh, I, I built I the run and uh, yeah, 
and did all the all the heavy lifting but she um has done all the research went and got the got the little baby chicks um she's been home you know she got she got her work workload cut way down yeah um and so she uh she is a wealth of knowledge on backyard chickens now so she's the one that figured out how to ferment food and she's always coming up like going on forums and figuring out the next cool thing to do. Some work, some don't. So, and then I, with the, yeah. what what forums I mean, does she go to? Do you know? I think just there's these like weird backyard, backyard chicken ones. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me go. I'll yell at her real quick. <laughs> we have a lot of good comments. What? Yeah. There's I a few questions in there. I noticed off. also. I know. So I want, I, and some of the stuff was right there, you know, in real time, but I think we can go back. I just, I want to finish this. Yeah. She said she just goes on uh, backyardchickens.com. Oh, great. That's so funny. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was noticing that like for me, my first, my greatest, hi, <laughs> who you got there? That's my wife, Emily. That, and, but she's got a, she's uh, a chicken tender. But she doesn't have a chicken. She's a chicken tender. Yeah. <laughs> I think this Zoom stuff is start, starting to disorient me because when I saw her walking behind you, my instinct was to go, who's behind her? <laughs> yeah, it's too, too virtual world. So she's got a non, that is a pet, not a, she has a little pet in her hands. Yeah, that's little Tweety the Chihuahua. Nice. Does can he be like uh you know like the herding dog like get the get the chickens where he wants them to be? Hello. <laughs> yeah, hey, Tweety. Right there. Yeah. He can't um, hear. He, can't he hear goes. Me. He That's goes. Okay. Uh, he goes out in the backyard. Sometimes we let him free range around, but he's gotten. Sometimes they they like attack him. Oh. Like they they gang up on him. Oh so. my gosh, poor little. <laughs> yeah, but he, he fights back. But oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing that what you're saying about Emily's experience. I my first idea of like what can I do in the gray market is for me. I'm like just do more stuff for yourself. Like this idea of. <clears throat> women working and then having somebody else take care of their kids is the ultimate in kind of, you know, anti-agorism in that it, it not only makes every transaction, the woman's work, and I'm not like women's work. I mean, the human being who is working all of a sudden plugs that into the system and brings somebody home plugged into the system to do something she could have done herself. And also it undermines being able to pass your cultural values on to the next generation. So now with this COVID thing, every, this is, it's been a year, uh, uh, just about here in LA where the kids have not gone to school. My husband hasn't gone to work and my babysitter won't come over anymore. And we can't afford her now anyway, because my husband's industry was just wiped out. Yeah, we're um, yeah. Go, keep going, Monica. Sorry. Yeah, and then just the answer is so I have noticed, like with all of us, I'm like, hey, man, everybody all, now all my kids know how to do their own laundry. They do the dishes like people cook dinner once a week. And I mean, even my son with the Down syndrome, although it is terrifying, he will make <laughs> his own breakfast. And I'm just like, don't put a fork in the microwave, you know, like what? yeah, yeah. whatever. So there's a little, little challenges there, but I just try to do more stuff myself, like stop outsourcing and stop thinking that specialization of labor is the only way, or that if you're highly educated, you shouldn't do things with your hand. I mean, I noticed as soon as I got married that 
that, oh my gosh, I'm keeping the, and I was even working, but like after I had kids and stuff, I'm keeping the cave clean and that guy's dragging home some antelope. I don't care how you want to yeah. push it, but that's what we're doing. And there's no shame in that. And that's, and, and then they, I read Kaczynski and I was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. like that they is tricked, my destiny. They tricked all these women into thinking that that was a shameful thing to do, you know? And totally. they got and them into the workforce and doubled the tax base, you know? And the, and the workforce is so soulless most of the time. I mean, you yeah. get your 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 job gets distilled down to where it had it is perforce meaningless. And yeah. there's so much more meaning in cooking the dinner. And why not? It's creative. And you're educating your kids the whole time. There's nothing more edifying yourself than to express, articulate, have to formulate ideas about what you've known. But anyway, yeah, so we're I do trying to start I, I a family cool. and we're trying to start a family right now. And um yeah. Uh, it, uh, we talked about it, you know, at first I was like, I'd really like for you to stay home. And, you know, she didn't want to do that at first. And then the more we talk about it, it's uh, probably going to happen. It's like hard and terrifying to think about because we have like one and a half um, incomes right now. And it's still like a struggle, but, right. um, you know, we can make it work and uh, people do it with way less than what we have with way more kids. So, And did you want her to stay home to homeschool is yeah. that the goal yep and she wasn't on board with that when i first started talking about it and now she's all for it so are you going to help a lot i have um three-day weekends every week so i'd be willing to do you know everything during that time it's it's i i work around the house mostly during the weeks but weekends anyway but we have we uh, like i said we i go to I do freedom cells. Um, we've got like a lot of people in the area that are just like us who have little kids and they've actually started up a little school. So it's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. Now what's a freedom cell? Exactly. So freedomcells.org is a website started by John Bush and Derek bros. And it, uh, it's kind of like you can go on there. It's kind of like a clunky version of Facebook. It's like a social media type deal, but you like enter, you know, where you are, your name, not, you don't have to use your real names or anything like that. And uh, people that have registered also around in your area pop up and then, you know, you just, it's up to you from there to organize. And, um, you know, I was, I heard John Bush on um, Free Man Beyond the Wall last summer. I was out walking the dogs. He talked about it. I went home. I registered for it and got a DM from this girl later, or, you know, right afterwards saying, oh, we're having a meetup in the park. Um, yeah, I went. It was really weird. <laughs> really? And it wasn't weird when I got there, but it was just right. like okay. weird to go do that. Yep. Um, my wife went with me. It was just like, it was really nice you know, 30 year old girl with her brand new baby at the park sitting on a blanket. And she'd, uh, she's like a natural, her name's Mackenzie. She's like a natural organizer. And, um, you know, she's kind of, she came from like kind of the hippie ish anarchy, like festival world, you know, which is way different than me. I'm, I was like a punk rocker when I was growing up. So, but, um, a lot of the same values. So she'd kind of like created this little meetup out of like freedom cells, the actual meetup app and the next door app. 
So, are you familiar with Nextdoor? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's you guys really, been using that to connect. Uh, most of people, that, most of people that found it from Nextdoor kind of faded away. So, uh, yeah, I was wondering. I was gonna. <laughs> it was a lot of a lot of just like kind of whiny middle aged ladies who yeah, like the Nextdoor app were complaining about wearing masks. And then yeah, like once we started oh. talking about like anarchy and stuff, they kind of stopped coming to the meetups. The, in my town, Nextdoor app is complaining about people not wearing masks. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes both ways. Uh, anyway, that any anything that you can complain about is on next door so. so would this be a place uh for you one thing i was thinking about like a good way to do agorism is not just trading your produce but trading some labor is is the freedom cell a kind of way for you to connect with people who might want to engage in that kind of thing or is it really just to have buddies who are like-minded um both and it's like people it's it's big like like in atlanta because of pete quinones it's it's big in georgia it's big in texas and people have like what they do is they have like work days where like everybody comes to your house and bangs out a whole bunch of stuff in a day wow it doesn't you know you don't charge for it you just go over to their house when when it's their turn you know like a barn raising yep and um, yeah, like the whole idea, it comes from, it comes from uh, Konkin. Have you ever heard of the book called um, Alongside Night? Oh, I don't There's know. this guy, J. Knight Shulman was his name. And he was like Konkin's protege. And he wrote this, this like adventure, this agorism ad- adventure book called Alongside Night. And it's about like, um, uh, like a tyrannical government taking over and then a, and then a agora society like emerging from it. But, um, Oh shit. I forgot. Hmm. I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Well, it's um, getting big and like in Texas and you can, they have barn raisings. Yeah. So, Oh, but in that book, they talk about like, in you have like a inner cadre, which is like eight people. And then like an outer cadre, there's like, and then you have like eight groups of eight people, like from around the area. And, um, you know, we've had, uh, we had our first annual Sasquatch freedom festival, which is this right here. <laughs> and there's just some like it's, and it's like, you know, we have like uh telegram chat groups and we have like a whole like area from the top of California all the way up to Washington, which is like the big Cascadia bioregional freedom cell. And, uh, some guy offered up his land up, up, up in the Puget Sound, and we went up there for a weekend in November. Whoa! And, uh, just hung out around the camp. Was it fun? Were people just dishing and doing their thing and playing? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, there was no were, work. There was what? No work. They weren't there to work. No work. Just uh, there. You know, people That's were great. You know, it's it's fun. It was uh, it was the first one, and then being outside in November in the Pacific Northwest isn't the best. But we're gonna do another one um in i think may which is when it's like really really nice up here and uh yeah so it's big hmm. you guys should check it out i doubt it's very big where you are monica really because, um, but it's such a know. big place yeah so check it out looking well maybe i reach out a little bit like i go yeah. um to the desert near Ch- joshua tree sometimes yeah. so maybe out there i don't know i, I definitely yeah. am going to check it out though because this but, place is maddening yeah check it out brad i know it's big in your area yeah, yeah so. that's going to be great but so yeah. I, I want i would like to keep picking your brain but what i really yeah but, um if you if you can hang on uh, a little bit longer i think it would be nice to put up I didn't want to interrupt the flow by putting up the comments. So some of these are going to go backwards, but okay. I do. There's a lot of good comments. So <clears throat> um, 
I'm going to whip through some while I'm looking. We do need to get Monica out right. of uh, California. And oh, yeah. Do you watch TV? Uh, yeah. Okay. Not a so lot. Some people but... are really like uh, against the whole. I mean, I think that 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 in itself would be a great blow for freedom. Uh, this I've heard before that the Freedom Cell site is clunky. So you're going to want to just use it for meetups and stuff. Yeah. You just like, enough, I, right? I haven't, I haven't checked in on there in months. I don't even remember my, my, right. Uh, it was just an on track. It was just like, it got me in there. And then like, you know, you like friend people and stuff, but it's not like, it's not like a way to communicate with people, but you can go on there, I think. And like, look anywhere in the world where there's people it's worldwide. And like, say you're going on a trip or something, you could find people that way. Maybe. So is this true? Do you believe that it says outside of Portland and Eugene, Oregon is one of the reddest states in the U.S.? Lots of free thinkers stay out of Portland and don't watch TV. Does that sound right to you, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. That's why it was like it was pretty frustrating. And I, I don't like it when people conflate Portland with Oregon. It's not the same, you know. Right. Um, you know, it's it's like a lot of probably status Republicans as well. But I think there's a ton of people that just want to be left alone. And, you know, it sucks because this. It is so beautiful here. I love it. Like it was California too. Yeah, California. I mean, we're for for the big cities. Like, I mean, you ever go to St. Louis Obispo and Bakersfield? I've been, yeah, and I, nice. I, I spent. I used to be a wildland firefighter for a long oh, time. Oh wow! So I I know like Northern California, right. Northern the real like Northern Northern California. I know really really well. And I went, I actually went to college up in at the top of California. So we have to talk about fires in some other show red yeah. pill me about fires um so. yeah that's one i i have a hard i don't know about direct energy weapons but I, no i don't think that i just think <laughs> it's imposed droughts yeah and they they light the whole place on fire for various reasons okay laura we actually headed up for a meetup with um sam tripoli who I think is responsible for the three of us knowing each other. She says, how does she find more like-minded future tunnel people? Like that's my thing. We're all going to be living in the tunnels, but I really feel like we should be the outlanders because we're going to need some land. She's in the freedom cell, uh, but with bill, which is in Smyrna. So maybe you need to Laura, we will hook you up with Pete Q and that'll be a more robust freedom cell to be a part of, I think right in that Atlanta area. Yeah. And like anything that you can do where people are operating outside of of society, I think like a good a good place for recruitment would be um, like Bitcoin meetups or or, you know, yard sales, anything like that. I mean, you don't need to recruit people. It should happen pretty organically. But if you get the word out, people will show up. We're at like there's like 40 people that go to our meetups now. And it started with six people sitting on a blanket in a park. That is and so it's, cool. Yeah, it's cool to see like these people come and like haven't been out of the house or hung out with people. They've been out of the house, but they haven't. A lot of them are from Portland proper, you know, and um, that's where the meetup is. And these people haven't hung out with people in a social setting for like a year. And you'd be so surprised how many um, just pissed off like soccer moms there are right now. <laughs> wow, that's great. Boy, I thought that's what I was going to experience here. So I just led the way and just like, this is all bullshit. Am I right? And they're like, yeah. uh, oh, my God. Are you? Uh, I'm. She's one of them. She's yeah. one of that. You know, it's like, I'm like, OK, I'm not. Maybe I'm one of them, but they're the pod people. Stella, who is in Australia, she 
plugs into us at it's like seven in the morning for her, maybe eight awesome. by now. Do you ever <laughs> use diatomaceous earth either internally or in the garden? Stella, we use diatomaceous earth in the chicken coop to keep um, the humidity down. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and it like kind of soaks up the moisture. So it's I've never she, used it in the garden though. That Stella should bring up the marrow inside the bone. So one of the breakfasts, this chick's breakfasts are crazy. One of her breakfasts is bones, beef bones, cow bones cut lengthwise cut in half and you cook them in the oven and the marrow and you scrape I, it out yeah yes i accidentally totally undercooked it so i literally ate it raw it was so freaking delicious yeah you would that's not a big, that's believe a big it. money item on on the appetizer menu at like high-end restaurants in san francisco yes you know? yes and if you're buying a cow do you get the bones um yeah and can you can you personally with your equipment saw a bone in half? Because I can't I probably figure it out. I have a sawzall, so I don't know. I haven't tried yet. We had um we ate the beef heart last weekend. I made a little taco. Oh yeah, antichuco. So I think they call that. I had it first in Peru, and it's one of the yeah. recipes in her books. But- yeah, I I started. I found like some Peruvian um recipe with chimichurri sauce and i like did it and i like didn't cut it right so i was just like oh maybe i'll just dice it up and then we had tortillas and we ate it that way it was super you good heart tortillas did you you should i hope it was on valentine's day <laughs> <laughs> it might have been i didn't even think about that <laughs> so dick and shit is excellent for gardens apparently is bunny yeah. shit because i've been putting putting my fish water and my bunny poop in the dirt that we're going to start a garden in and i'm a little worried that i think it's good that wasn't sound (laughs) sound of my husband was like are you sure and then i started putting coffee grounds and he's like i don't think you're just supposed to throw all your shit in there it's like i think you are yeah i think you are supposed to throw all your shit in there but not dog shit right no not dog shit okay why because it has meat in it it doesn't break down for some reason Probably because there's no like vegetables in or anything. Okay. So Stella thinks we should get a food dehydrator. Does that yeah. sound right to you? Yeah, they're because awesome. Because then you can save the products of your labor. Yeah. Um, I make, uh, I take all the London broils I got and I made beef jerky. And um, yeah, from the, fr- oh. from the Freedom Cell group, I decided that like on the off weeks when we don't have our meetups, I would start um, kind of like an underground Agora farmer's market. So I had people over to the house and uh, people brought stuff. Yes. So this was at your house. You had so and you don't have a lot of land. It's not like you could set up tents. No, and it's yes. it's like rainy out during the winter here. Oh so my gosh. everybody so, was inside. So we had like thirty people at the last one inside the house. I think it got a little too big, so we found another spot for the next one. So what did they do? They brought sacks of things they made. Yeah. I told people, you know, bring bring stuff that you want. Don't make it a garage sale. Bring something that you made. You know, one guy brought books, which was really awesome because he's like a deep conspiracy theorists like i am so that was like the coolest part for me but um yeah people brought you know herbs and sweet grass and you know people have kids made cookies and muffins just to have something to bring did anyone like you know make a potholder like stuff they make like that or was it yeah this one lady this one lady makes like those like cases for cell phones that don't Oh. It, like trans, like the silver Faraday. cases, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a Faraday case. 
So yeah, I've, and then I've like, got my Faraday material handy. Sorry. Yeah. What kind of things can you do with a food dehydrator? Like um, beef jerky. What else? You can make like fruit leathers. Sorry, Katie. Oh yeah. Um yeah, you can all. That's all we've done. We've dried out pears, and I my friend moves to Puerto lives in Puerto Rico six months a year for tax reasons, and uh, really. Yeah, when he left, he let me borrow his food dehydrator and his vacuum sealer. So yeah, and he gave me his his beef jerky recipe. But yeah, I don't know what else can you. Yeah, My I know husband's can, Puerto Rican. Maybe I should. You should see, you should maybe there's some value in that inherent value in the. You don't have Puerto to pay taxes. Fuck, <laughs> I'm totally doing that. It's yeah. probably nice there too, right? Yeah. But they always think I'm a self-hating Puerto Rican because I don't speak Spanish because I'm not Puerto Rican. I just. With a name like Monica Perez, I think. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Yes, it's kind of annoying. What is a hoop house? A hoop house is like a, a greenhouse that you make out of either PV. You build like just a wood frame, and then put like PVC pipes over it in a, or uh, use cattle panels. That's what I did for mine. Oh, I have, okay. It's like a wind tunnel or a high tunnel. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. So like, I have one in the backyard, and I just didn't. I wanted to grow, turn it into a greenhouse and i didn't get it covered in time for the winter so we didn't get like to get seed starts in there but hopefully next year we'll get it going hmm. okay um all right so no more bunny shit <laughs> got it uh pate i love pate they they the stores here weren't selling liver so they were saying oh because so i read this book and she's like you have to have liver 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 you live forever you will never get sick so i went to the store started to find liver like oh because of covid we don't have liver anymore I'm like okay so your animals are born without livers like why if you you have chicken yeah. meat why don't you have the liver so yeah. i started getting creative and buying like liverwurst and pate and yeah. that kind of thing and um i don't know i don't know, I don't know. yeah i've got a bag full of livers and hearts in the Chicken livers in the freezer. Yeah, I, it's I it's use. freaking my family out. Like my I family, like, I, I I like sweet breads. Is that what they call them? Yeah, yeah, pancakes. I, I like it. I'm. I think I like my it mom, too. My mom didn't make Tongue? me eat that stuff when I was little, so I think that's why I'm like open to eating it now. She made you gross. eat it? No, because didn't I didn't let you. I didn't. Eat it. I didn't get grossed out by it when I was little. My yeah. father was a meat cutter. So oh, he wow. would only like the stuff that people wouldn't eat. We would eat, you know, yeah. it was kind of like the scraps. And he literally would bring home scrapple tongue, like a whole beef tongue. Yeah. And it would it looks like a tongue. It's I'm scary sure you've had when one. you see it. I've, and I've, he, had, he just like, it up. I've had lingua tacos. I've never eaten yeah. it in any other form than that. But yeah, I've no, seen, you, I remember seeing it at the butcher shop when I was little and it has like yeah. the taste buds on it. It has stuff. taste buds oh on it. Yeah. It's good with mustard, but I yeah. love that stuff. Like I'll just yeah. like cook up some liver for breakfast and my kids yeah. there literally won't eat anything but like grilled cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I think that's a challenge that a lot of people who, what to get into this have to overcome is the way that some of the stuff looks and the things that you have to do with it, with the chickens and, and the rabbits that we've just never done before. We didn't learn growing up. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely totally different. Um, I don't know. It's cool that like those, those Cornish cross meat birds, like they don't have personalities like the egg birds do. Like they're not, they're just, they just want to eat and drink water. They drink like, like, 10 of them drank like five gallons of water a day. Wow. Um, like a whole bucket. But um, 
they definitely like if I raise them in my backyard, they're definitely having a better life than they would at like the Foster's Farms, you yeah. know, room oh, where they when, can't move. And I was, um, yeah, yeah. They taste, it's different. It's a different taste. It's like, like you said, it's like earthier. Like the breast is like dark meat. It's pretty cool. Like I like darker meat anyway. So I know they convinced us to eat white meat chicken, but dark meat is better for you and it tastes better. Yeah, it's way better. So I was reading about swine flu, like just the whole BS and all the pandemics and all the crap that they fed us and the swine flu thing. And it came from chickens and it's all about not eating meat anymore. And it went through like how chickens are raised and that like festering wounds and burns on the skin and all that stuff from the lights too close and how and they live in their own feces they can't move and that's why they get sick yeah it's not some virus that it's just so i have no question about bacteria parasites funguses tapeworms like you see them you see how they behave they hit certain organs they behave in the same way they get treated in the same way this whole nebulous virus thing where you get a virus it hurts your lungs sometimes it hurts your head it makes you sick your stomach can last a year can not happen at all you know you need a vaccine for it i'm i'm beginning beginning i'm ending with just giving up on all of that it's all it seems like complete nonsense to me but the swine flu thing when i was investigating it not only reinforced that but it uh unfolded for me how not just unsanitary but inhumane it is and that's another one of this nora chicks things she's just like i'm not it's not healthy to not eat meat but it is not moral to do what we do with these animals being mass produced like that. And she's completely against corn finished beef, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I agree. I'm sure your guys grass, right? Yeah. yeah. It's one of the, it's those big, uh, it's like Highland beef. So it's those big hairy cows. Oh, the ones fun. That look like golden retrievers. Do you get to yeah. meet your cow before they slaughter it? You can, we didn't, we didn't go do it, but oh, you I can. Know. I don't like that. So they uh, John asks, are there liver supplements? They have there are. And she recommends specifically. So if you want to tweet at me or email me or whatever, I can tell you what she recommends specifically as they will powder the liver and put it in capsules and you can eat it that way. She also suggests that you can liquefy it in the uh, makes me want to vomit liquefy it in like a blender and pour it in beef stew or in that chili I'm not ready. Yeah. Ew. How do your chick? So what do you? So your chickens? Do they eat all sorts of gross stuff? Um, they eat fermented feed, um, and then they eat you know whatever we throw back there. All the all the you know we feed uh we we cr- we keep our eggshells, um, bake them, crush them up, and feed those back to them. Really. Um, yeah, they eat mealworms. They love mealworms. So um, I've noticed that they took a little bit of time off during the – a couple of them took some time off during during the real cold part of last month and uh, weren't laying a lot of eggs. Now they're back. I think um, – I don't know if there's any scientific evidence for it, but I've seen that when I feed them a lot of mealworms and ferment their food, their egg production is higher. So for me – Do you – use a lot of or any chemicals in <clears throat> treating your vegetables or your animals uh, you know to keep pests away or anything like that can you really do this organically yeah you can wow, really? um on a small scale i think it's pretty easy but it 
you know, you do get some bug kill and stuff like that. We got a bunch of ladybugs. Um, we bought ladybugs and put them in the beds, and they take care of a lot of the aphids. But a lot really? of times, just some little the little aphids will get like the bottom leaves on the yeah, on the lettuce the and aphids. stuff like that. But yeah, you can you can do it. I mean, I can understand how at like a really big level it'd be really hard to do, but. Well, it would have to be self-sustaining, like my dumb fish tank, which took me forever to figure out. But I, I've got it figured out now. And if I put a few more plants in it, I won't even really need to um, empty the water so much. But you get things that eat the other things. And I, I don't know about at scale, but I have heard watch some of these documentaries and stuff where they say that you that there is an there is an ecology to it. And I guess maybe that's when you have to take the next leap would be a kind of permaculture thing where you, you have, it's basically, I mean, hard work to get you there, but then it becomes a kind of garden of Eden thing and your labor is way, way less. And maybe you can spend a little more time nurturing an individual thing or bringing up something that keeps the other thing down. It, It can get more complex if it's, if it's enduring, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, we have some friends that are like that actually live in Portland that turn their whole backyard into like a huge permaculture uh, paradise that actually is functioning and works. So yeah, we that's, did, that's our next step. PQ turned us on to Bellamy Fitzpatrick, who has a place in upstate New York where he's building like a little Garden of Eden permaculture. And I went and visited it, and oh, it really? was it, yes, it was so small but beautiful. And what they were doing was so understandable. The food was like really tasty. Now it was intense. Like Bellamy said, like I didn't realize how much I was allergic to it until I started eating all these crazy things. But uh, it was totally, you know, it feels like you have to work your way up, but it's not unmanageable. There's only two of them. They trade labor. So Stella wonders if your chickens peck their own eggs, if you feed them eggshells, that's what happened to her. Yeah. We, um, we haven't had any issue with that. I don't know how we um, crush them up like pretty, pretty small and bake them. I've heard that if you feed it to them raw, then they get like the taste for it. So, oh, we well, we maybe had, that is the answer. Yeah, we haven't had any problems with it quite yet. How often do you harvest the eggs? Does an egg get harvested as soon as it's laid? Yeah, I go out. So they stay in the we close them up in the coop at nighttime. Um, we don't really have any predators around because I have like a scary pit bull. So there's no raccoons in the backyard. But um, we put them away at night and then we go out when we go out in the morning, check the egg box. There's usually a couple in there in the morning and then uh, maybe check it again midday if we don't have anything going on or just check it again when we put them to bed. So we've been, well, getting, so then, we've been getting five yeah. to seven a day right now. Wow. And do you ever I've heard that if you eat too, too many eggs, you can start developing an allergy to it. But I doubt from your I haven't own. had haven't had any of that yet. Yeah. I so Joe suggests that you not give things you're going to eat <laughs> a name. I think he's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the meat said, birds yeah. didn't get names. Companion planting is very good for keeping things down. Stella said the hardest thing she ever did was eat her cow after raising it from a baby, but the meat was incredible. I bet that would really hurt, but you know what? Maybe we need to get in touch with who we really are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely, yeah, I want to do, I can't do it here. We're trying to get out of town eventually, you know, 
sometime sooner than rather than later. But um, I want to do a couple pigs and I watch I'm like I watch all these like dad videos on YouTube. That's like what my whole YouTube feed is, is like dad videos. Oh, it's a lot of um, homesteading people and like how to build like an off grid structure and then a lot of gun reviews and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like, uh, oh shit, I've lost my train of thought. Um, your ultimate goal is to get out of town, but yeah, I was saying don't. Yeah, so your I saw these people that had like an acre and a half and they raised two, two, a whole bunch of chickens, like 30 chickens, 30 meat birds a couple times a year and two pigs on that small i want to get like five acres but um yeah they did two pigs and yeah it'd be tough to do because i was wondering i want to go we have a listener who's not here right now shannon who bought uh some land in montana he said there's a microclimate in euclid montana which is seven miles south of the canadian border but it almost never snows whatever but i talked to bill the guy at neighbors feed and seed is one of our sponsors like do not go to montana it is too cold no 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 what do you think yeah um you know, it's pretty cold here for me. It gets down, you know, and, and it doesn't really get that cold here in the winter time. It just we had just had a big ice storm. Everything's melting right now. But um yeah, I I've never been in like sub zero temperatures. So you just want to move like, out in Oregon. I'd love to get out of town. Right. But, okay. Um you know, there's uh I think it's gonna be harder for me to operate in this state. Because, you know, Portland dictates what happens to the rest of the people in the state. And we just take they just take their orders from Seattle and San Francisco. So, um, well, the Californians are moving to Idaho, so that might not work. Yeah, I wanted I want I was thinking about there, too. It's cold there also. But, um, yeah, like stuff there is getting expensive. (laughs) Um, I'm really interested in intentional communities and my friend that lives in Puerto Rico is uh, checking out abandoned coffee farms that were damaged in the last hurricane down there right now. Maybe I need to connect with that person. Yeah, I'll get you the info. Maybe I'll get you on the on the telegram chat. And um, they're also looking at I, this is all pretty far off for me, but it's definitely something that's like giving me hope. And they're like checking out um, a lot of acreage in central Florida, too. And, you know, I'd lo- I've never lived in the South. I was born in Georgia, but never lived there. Um, I would love to be able to stay in this part of the world. It's my favorite. But, um, you know, I'm open to anything, any place where I'm allowed to operate freely more freely than I am here. And uh, just the conversation between DeSantis and Biden last week was, I really enjoyed reading that transcript. So really, I didn't, I didn't DeSantis. I, I thought he was, you didn't hear that when he told Biden to go fuck himself. No, but I think that guy is, is a lot of messed up things. A lot of psyops happen in Florida. So, but it's open. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah, for did sure. Did you did you see when he? When, I didn't see it. Oh, Biden was saying that he's going to close down the border of Florida and not let people <laughs> travel to or from. Oh, <laughs> it's quarantine it's, the whole state. He's basically. on the phone with Fauci with him, 
it's crazy if you read the transcripts it sounds oh, like a okay. low-level mobster like shaking wow. somebody down see and he's like man. come on man you know you need the you know you need the vaccine and if you don't if you don't um restrict travel you're not going to get what you need and then DeSantis tells him that if he does that he'll deploy the the florida state national guard why did we get to see the transcripts of that conversation i don't know and then um and then like he calls he calls him joe and biden goes you call me either president mr president or president biden and he goes he goes how about you go fuck yourself and then hangs up doesn't that sound a little (laughs) it sounds a little little, little little histrionic but it it definitely makes you you know, Joe right, Biden check that demands to be called president. This is that, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that seems surprising. So maybe they are constructing his image. This is going to be the kind of undertone criticism. He's not only crazy, he's an egomaniac. Let's see. I'm, I'm, I have to see that. I will definitely find that. So I have a, one more question to ask you, Adam. Yeah. Where do you get the energy? Did you say you're just clean as a whistle? You don't do any anything that can slow you down. You drink coffee, right? I drink a lot of coffee. That's about it. Yeah. I'm into that. I mean, like well. a lot of coffee? <laughs> no, like a pot a day. Just like a normal amount in the mornings. And then like on my days off, I drink some coffee. But um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm never hungover or anything like that. So um, I don't have a ton of friends. Um, I'm in relatively good physical condition. I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, you do Brazilian jiu-jitsu? I feel like if you're running around all the time, taking care of your physical property, your chickens, your vegetation, how do you put the kind – I mean, I, that would exhaust me for a whole day. You just build up to it? You just have that kind of energy? Yeah, I've done it for a long time, so it's right. uh, just kind right. of built Got in. It. And, um, okay. yeah, I mean, it's uh, – if I rented my house, I wouldn't want to make it nicer and just um, – you know, live coming from California, I was resigned to the fact that I was never going to own a house and uh, get an opportunity to come here and actually do it. Um, right. You know, at a way older age than most people get to buy their first house just because of where I landed. Um, you know, I just take a lot of pride in it. And uh, I, I really I enjoy like doing yard work and being in the yeah. backyard. And it's really nice out there. So. Well, I think you are going to be a really great dad, and I hope oh, thanks that so much. That's I hope that it's going to be a homeschool situation, and it gives me hope for the future. We yeah, are the future, be- the tunnel people, the <laughs> children of the tunnel people. But it's not tunnels; it's not tunnels. I love the handle, but you can't grow chickens in a tunnel. Well, maybe you can grow chickens, but you're not going to be able to grow the other stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, I just wanted to thank um, you guys because all the promotion you do for like this and coming on the show a couple times. And it's just uh, you along with a couple other people are the um, biggest supporters of our entry into this world. So thank you so much. Well, you're great. We love you. And I absolutely love the idea behind your show. And why don't you tell people, because we're going to put this into the feed of our audio. Why don't you tell people uh, what it is? And again, I know you started out, but where to find you and all that. Yeah. So it's um, Deborah gets red pilled. It's available on most podcast players. Uh, you can go on there and find Monica and Brad on there telling me about Stacey Abrams. And then you can also find Monica solo on there talking about the Boston bombing. 
and um yeah we got a bunch of great guests we got some some uh, good ones that are just between Deborah and I and um, yeah, tune in and just see like somebody changing in, in real time and a really uncomfortable way right in front of your eyes. It's uh, pretty entertaining. Some shows are, aren't the best. Some are really good. She's um, so open-minded too. It's great. Yeah. But yeah, if you guys want to go check it out, please do and leave us ratings and subscribe and do all that kind of stuff because it helps us out. And uh, we're going to keep cranking them out. Um, you know, we're getting kind of worn out on the COVID and geopolitical um, stuff. So I'm uh, kind of not really transi- transitioning the whole show, but I want to do like a lot of ancient mysteries stuff. And I want to talk about Atlantis and Tartaria and all that kind of stuff, because I feel way more spiritually fulfilled when it, uh, when I get done with those shows rather than talking about like elite politicians, um, kids. I have two more things. If before you move on from the deep dive, I can crack the code on MH370 for her. Okay. And uh, What's I don't know three seventy. It was the plane that fell out of the sky over Indonesia or whatever. Oh they yeah, I'd love to do that. Years. Yeah, yeah. And then I know where it is. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you know who Miriam Carey is, but she was the chick who was gunned down in D.C. Okay. And so, anyway, I'm not inviting myself on your show, but before you oh, move you have away, both of you. That's all I got. And I feel like it's ancient history now. Anyway, all that stuff. No, we're going to keep we're going to keep revisiting everything. And um, I want to do if we're doing like I want to do a bunch of like liberty, liberty minded stuff, too, because, you know, one one hour long episode with legal man got her to um, rescind her endorsement of of the whole American political system. (laughs) You know, she no longer believes in democracy. So it's pretty awesome. That sounds like a black bill. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, well, that was super fantastic. Thanks, everybody, for coming. It was really awesome. People set their calendar to contribute to the show. I really appreciate that. We're hoping to do a little more of this live stream thing because it's really fun to exchange ideas and figure out how we can make us feel like a part of a community. And it's so valuable, this idea of the Freedom Cell, even if the site is clunky, if it just takes one way to get one moment to get something going, I'm all for it. So I'm going to visit it. Before the sun is down. Yeah, put it in the show notes. It's um, freedomcells.org. Freedomcells.org. Okay, we'll do. Thank you so much, Adam. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thank you Brinkley. guys so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Love you all. Thanks, guys. <laughs>